Today, uh, we're in part three of this brand new series that we've started right here in the book of James. And this series is all about just doing what the Word of God tells us to do. Pretty simple, right? It's, it's, it's good to know it, but it's even better to be people who do it. Amen? Amen. Gotta help me out. You gotta start with some good, strong amens this morning. Amen? Amen. All right? It's really awesome to know it, but it's better to be people of God who actually do it. Because when you begin doing what the Word of God tells you to do, that's when you begin to experience the abundant life that Jesus has promised to you. When you begin following and obeying and doing His Word, that's when you begin to experience all the various parts of the abundant life that Jesus has called you to. So today, I want to talk with you about doing what the Word of God says to do when a problem hits you. When a problem just comes out of the blue and hits your life and possibly even hurts you. And then I also want to talk about how you can then even profit from those problems that come and unexpectedly hit you. Because as James writes what God is telling him to write here in chapter 1. God tells us the truth about problems. And he even tells us how to handle those problems when they hit us. And so in the very same six verses that we've looked at in the first two weeks of this series, out of those same six verses, God tells us how to handle our problems. So once again today, we're going to look at verses 1 through 6 once again. But we're going to dig out what God says to do with our problems. Look at it on the screen or in your Bible. God says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom... You should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Write this down as we begin. First, God reveals in these verses that there's a truth about problems. There's some things he wants us to know about problems right here in these first six verses. In fact, there are four truths about problems that God reveals right here. First truth is this. Write it down. They are inevitable. Have you learned that yet in life? <laughs> they are inevitable. God doesn't say consider it joy if you face trials, but whenever you face them, because they are inevitable. They are inescapable. In this life, you will have problems. In this life, you can count on having problems. In fact, if you don't have any problems this morning, would you just do this for me? Check your pulse. I mean, if you don't have any problems, you're not really alive, okay? We're going to have problems. In fact, Jesus said this, in this world you will have trouble. John 16, In this world you will have trouble. Jesus said it. Again and again, not one of us is immune from problems. Second truth 
Write it down. They are predictable. They are unpredictable. Unpredictable. There's no way you can predict what's going to hit or when they're going to hit. We just don't know. God says, consider it joy whenever you face them. Now, it's interesting that the word face here in the Greek language literally means to fall into unexpectedly. So he's saying, consider it joy whenever you fall into problems unexpectedly or find yourself facing problems. Now, this word face here is the same word used in the story of the Good Samaritan, where the man fell unexpectedly among thieves. Problems, folks, are not planned. They are just unpredictable. We don't plan to have a flat tire, amen? We, we don't plan to have the water heater start leaking. We, we don't plan to have dead rot in the wood in our patio cover. We, we don't plan to have lawn sprinklers break and start gushing. Anybody with me there? We, we don't plan to have a, a blood test or a scan reveal a physical problem. They are unplanned. Problems are unpredictable. And we find ourselves falling into them and facing them when we least expect them. There was a guy who was uh, taking his first ride on a New York City subway. And uh, first ride, he didn't know what to do. So he stood right by the door and he just looked out the window the whole time. And suddenly the speed of things passing by, his eyes got to him and he became motion sick, severely motion sick. So when the subway suddenly stopped and the door opened on the first guy who was standing on line to get on the subway, this man threw up all over him. Now, I don't think the guy who was standing in line to get on ever predicted that was going to happen. Amen? We can't predict when those things are going to happen. Listen, problems are inevitable. They're unpredictable. And then write this down. And they are multiple. There are many different kinds of problems that hit us. God says right here in verse 1 in James, consider it joy whenever you face trials of many kinds. They are multiple. Often they hit in multiples. One, two, three, all at the same time. I mean, at the beginning of this summer, uh, Shirley and I had, had saved up to replace all the wood fences at our house. Gates, wood fences, been there 25 years. I'd repaired them. I'd, I'd painted them. I'd, I'd fixed them up so many times, but they were too old, too rotten to repair. So we saved up to replace all of our wood fences. But in the midst of that process, we got to looking around and we discovered we had dead rot in the fascia wood all across the front of our house. And, and so we had to replace that. And in the midst of those two same processes, we also discovered one day water flooding into our garage because the water heater had given out. You know, problems kind of hit in multiples. Anybody else with me there? Amen? They don't just come one at a time. They, they sometimes come all at the same time. Folks, problems that hit have been there in multiples. And it's times like those when I have to agree with this old, old saying, into every life some rain must fall. But then I say, but man, this is ridiculous. <laughs> Anybody with me? You can't plan it. You can't predict it. They come in multiples. The fourth truth about problems are these. But they are helpful. They are helpful. They don't seem like it at the time, but they are helpful. God says this. 
Consider pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So here's the bottom line. Problems have a purpose. Problems and the pressure that they bring produces something that you and I really need. The thing that problems produce is the opportunity to learn perseverance. And how many are saying this morning, I don't want any more opportunities. <laughs> I'm sick of opportunities. But they give us the opportunity to, to learn how to persevere, how to, how to not give up no matter what hits us. And they are helpful because this is why. Problems, when they come, they put us on our knees. Amen? Some of them are so severe, they, they put us on our knees. Second thing they do, they make us go to God. Third thing they do, they make us ask him for strength to go on and not give up. And when we do those things, we learn that with him and the power and the blessings that he sends, with him, we can persevere no matter what hits us. And over time, we learn to not give up but instead to look up when the problems hit. Amen? We learn that lesson. In fact, problems do three things in our lives. First of all, write this down. They, they purify your faith. Now, James uses the word testing like in testing gold or silver. And when gold or silver is tested with heat, if there are any impurities in that gold or silver, they melt away and they're burned up. Job said this, God tested me through the refining fire, and I have come out as pure gold. Listen, you and I are the same. When problems hit, when the heat is on you, when you are being tested, the first things to go away are the impurities of your life. You go to God, you get on your knees, and the first thing you do, you say, God, first, first before I ask you for your help, I gotta confess, I've been messing up. The first thing to go is your, your sins, you confess your sins. So at times, God allows problems to hit you. He's not the author of them, but he allows them to hit you because he knows they will help purify your faith, your life, your relationship with him. Next, they fortify your patience. They fortify or strengthen your patience your ability to keep on keeping on. As you go to God with your problem, but it seems like, man, God, you're awful slow to help me. You learn to not give up. You learn to not give in because you know that he loves you. You know that he cares for you. You know that he has a good plan for you. And so as you walk with God and problems hit and God comes and, and he, he helps you through and the next one hits you and he's slow, you just, you've learned to wait over the years. You've learned to trust him because you know he loves you and cares you and he has a good plan for you. And he's always come through before. And so you wait on God. And as you wait on your loving, caring God to come through for you once again, your patience grows stronger and stronger. 
And you learn to wait upon God and to serve God in the meantime until he sends help to you. It fortifies your patience. And then at just the right time, he sends you everything you need. Folks, problems strengthen or fortify your patience. And how does God best teach you patience? By just letting you go your own way? No. God teaches you patience in traffic jams. Amen? (laughs) In grocery lines. In waiting for the lab results. In waiting for the job offer. In waiting for the college offer letter. He uses the waiting periods of life to fortify your patience. The next thing he does with problems is this. They sanctify your character. Problems make you more like Jesus. Problems help you mature. God says here in James that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so you may be mature and complete. Folks, that's God's long-range goal for you. He wants you to grow up. He wants you to be a character that matches the character of Jesus. One that's holy and pure, full of integrity. God's number one goal for your life is for you to become like Jesus. So he allows problems to hit us with the goal of maturing us and helping us to become more like his son Jesus. It may not feel like it, but problems are helpful because they drive us to our knees. They help us look up to God. They help us seek his face or turn back to him. So those are the truths about problems. And yet here in James, God tells us, write this down, that there's a way to handle those problems. When they come, God says, I'm just not going to leave you up in the air. I'm just not going to let you struggle with no instruction. God says, here's a way to handle the problems. First of all, write this down. Choose to rejoice in spite of them. God says, consider it pure joy whenever you face trials. Is that your default mechanism when something hits you? Joy. (laughs) No. God says, though, to consider them pure joy when they come because he's going to use them in your life. It's going to make you better. So he says, rejoice in spite of them. Now, don't misunderstand. He's not saying fake it. He's not saying put on some plastic smile and pretend that you're just swell. No, he never asked you to deny reality. God never asked you to deny the sting of a situation. He's not asking you to be full of joy for the situation, but to be joyful in the situation. In spite of the situation, knowing that your God loves you and he's bigger than the situation. And all of God's people said, amen. God tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. If you want to know God's will for your life, that's it. In everything, problems, everything, give thanks to God. Because you know he loves you, he's going to carry you, he's going to help you, he's going to mature you through all of these things. Now again, he doesn't say, for everything gives thanks. He says clearly, in everything give thanks. He does not expect you to be thankful for or give thanks 
thankful thanks for, the problems of the life of your life that just hits you out of the blue. He doesn't expect you to be thankful and full of joy over the, the death of a parent, the death of a spouse or a child, or for a, a cancer that hits you unexpectedly, or a car that hits you and there was an accident or a layoff at work. He doesn't expect you to be joyful for those things, but he does expect you to give thanks to him in the midst of that problem. As you go through that problem, you, God, are my awesome God. You, God, love me. You care for me. I know you'll help me through this. I I don't like this. This hurts. I can't hardly get my head out of bed, whatever it might be. But God, I thank you that I'm not alone. I thank you that you are with me. And you will carry me through this. Know that your awesome God can and will take all of the the bad hits that come your way in life. And he will use every one of them for good. And he will bring something good out of them. Know that your awesome God can and will give strength and peace to you. And even carry you and help you endure them. Know that your awesome God can and will use every problem that hits you to grow you into the person that he's created you to be. So choose to rejoice in the midst of the problems that hit you. You might want to write this down somewhere. You can't control the circumstances of life. You just can't. You can't control the circumstances of your life, but you can choose how you respond to them. You can choose to rejoice even in your problems. Viktor Frank was a Jewish psychologist who spent time in a Nazi concentration camp. And he said this about that time. They stripped me naked. They took everything. My wedding ring. My watch. But as I stood there naked, I realized that although they could take everything away from me, my wife, my family my possessions, they could not take away my freedom to choose how I was going to respond. Folks, in the midst of your problems, choose to rejoice in your awesome God who's not left you, in your awesome God who is right there with you. David said this, I will bless the Lord, and then look at this, at all times, at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. That's how God wants us to live, no matter what hits us. Now, I think most of you know this morning that Shirley and I have chosen to do just that, to rejoice in spite of and in the midst of her lung cancer diagnosis. Even though we don't understand why a person who's Never smoked. I've known Shirley since she's been 18 years old. A person who's never smoked. I don't think he smoked before 18, right? Right? How a person who's never smoked would end up with lung cancer. We don't understand why. We don't understand now why she has it. But we have chosen to continue to lift praise to our God. We've chosen to worship him in spite of and in the midst of what has hit our lives. Next month, it's going to be the one-year mark of her diagnosis. And so this has been an ongoing problem we've dealt with this whole year. And I hope that by now, you all can see 
that we have chosen to rejoice in it. That you can all see that we're continuing to give thanks to our God in the midst of it. And that we're continuing to serve him with all of our strength in the midst of it. Knowing that he's going to bring something good out of it. And all of God's people said, amen. We've chosen that to be our response. We've chosen to not be angry with God. We've chosen to not question God. We've chosen to not run from God. We've chosen to not stop serving God. We've chosen to not just focus on us, but to ask God in spite of this to use us. Now, we could have become bitter, saying, God, we've served you with our whole lives. We, we could have chosen to become bitter, but we've chosen to let this problem make us better. Amen? And that's what God wants us to do with the problems of life. We've chosen to rejoice in it. So, folks, we want to say to you this morning, no matter what hits you, choose to rejoice because you are not alone. God has not left you. You know, in the Encyclopedia Britannica yearbook, there's these, uh, this section that's called Strange and Unusual Events of 1982. And out of this encyclopedia comes this true story. And as I go through this, you're going to say, no, that, that much couldn't have happened to one guy. But listen, listen to that true story. In 1982, a guy named Brian Heiss was hit with problems. His apartment flooded from a broken pipe in the apartment above him. The apartment manager told him to go rent a water vacuum and vacuum up the water. So he went to his car and discovered that he had a flat tire. So he fixed the tire, and then he went back inside the apartment to call a friend to come and help him. When he picked up the phone, he got an electric shock, and he pulled the phone off the wall. <laughs> he started to go back outside, but then the water had caused the door to swell shut. He couldn't get out. So he had to yell for a neighbor to come and kick in the front door. While all of this was going on, someone stole his car. But it was almost out of gas, so he was thankful he found his car a few blocks away. But then he had to push it to a gas station where he filled up the tank. That evening, he attended his, his own military ceremony at his university. After the ceremony, he injured himself when he sat on his bayonet, which he just tossed in the front seat of his car. When he arrived home, he slipped on the wet carpet and injured his tailbone. <laughs> Folks, life can be like that. Problems can come out of nowhere. They can be coming at you in multiples, unpredictable. But it's during those times that you should choose to rejoice. Next, how do you handle your problems? Then choose to request God's help in them. Not only rejoice in spite of them, but choose to request God's help during them. When they hit you, ask God for help. God says here in James, if any of you lack wisdom, if you don't know what to do about the problem that's just hit you, ask God for wisdom who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to him. So make your request to God for help. Ask God for wisdom. Now, you may not know what to do with your problem, but he does, amen? You don't believe that? Amen? He does. Your problem does not have God stumped. Your problem does not have God baffled about what to do. He knows exactly what your next step should be. So ask him. Your family, your friends, your psychological counselor, even your pastor may be stumped, but not God. 
So go ask him and he will give you wisdom generously. Choose to rejoice in them. Request God's help while you're in them. And then third, choose to relax and trust him. God says here in James, when you ask God for wisdom, you must believe that God will give you wisdom and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded, unstable in all that they do. After you ask God for wisdom, relax. Trust because his wisdom will come. Let God begin to work in you. Let God go to work for you. Let Almighty God, the one who created you, the one who loves you, the one who wants to spend eternity with you, help you with the temporary problems of this life until he calls you to heaven. Relax. God's got you. He's for you, not against you. Now, I do have to say that my heart breaks when I think about some of the painful problems that I know about that some of you are going through and some of you are dealing with. And yet I also see that so many of you have chosen to rejoice in spite of them. So many of you have chosen to keep praising and serving God in spite of them. Some of you have maintained a sweet spirit in spite of the pressure of your problems. And I believe that your response of relaxing and trusting God in the midst of your problems just might land you in God's faith hall of fame one day, along with Noah and Moses and Joseph and Abraham and Isaac, because like them, you have trusted God. Because like them, you have remained faithful to him in spite of earth's problems that have hit you. Now, the devil uses problems to defeat you. But we need to understand as God's family that no matter what the devil and life throws at you, God uses life's problems to develop you, to help you. Now, some of you are going through some really tough times right now. Some of you are, are finding that just getting up and going about life is pretty hard right now. But God sees everything you're going through. And God cares about every part of you, your, your health, your finances, your job, your relationships, even your emotions, how you're feeling. And I want you to know this morning, he's got your number. In fact, the Bible says the very hairs on your head are numbered. And so he, he knows how many are there. He's got your number. He sees you. He knows the count of even what we would consider small things. He knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly what you're going through. He hasn't lost your number. He hasn't lost his desire to care for you no matter what you've done. He hasn't lost his power to do something for you. And God says right here in James in verse 12, and I want to close with this, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life. 
that the Lord has promised to those who love him. We all know that life is full of problems. We all know that life can be hard. But for those of us who choose to rejoice in them, for those of us who request God's help during them, for those of us who relax and trust him during them, there is a reward waiting for us in heaven. It's called the crown of life. And it's a crown to be worn in heaven that reveals to all for all eternity that you endured the, the problems of this life. And in them you remained faithful to God. You didn't run from him. You didn't blame him. You didn't curse him. Instead, you praised him and you let him use all the bad stuff of life to develop you and make you more like him. Folks, if you choose to rejoice in spite of them, if you choose to request God's help in them, and if you choose to relax and trust him during them, you will profit even from the worst of the worst problems that hit you in this life. God will use them for your good. And then one day you will hear God say, well done, good and faithful servant. Come on in, share in your master's happiness. I want to hear that, amen? amen. I want to hear that. And then God will place on your head the reward, the crown of eternal life. This morning as we close, would you bow your head and I would like to pray a prayer. I'm going to invite you then later to repeat a prayer after me. But first, let me pray. Father, I look at our church family and I see many needs. Some have had a discouraging week. Some have been living with a persistent problem for days or weeks or even years. But Lord, we know that you are a caring God. And because you care, at times you do allow problems to come into our lives. Not to break us, but to make us. Not to destroy us, but to develop us. Lord, help us learn how to profit from our problems by developing a persevering spirit that no matter what will keep on loving you, worshiping you, and serving you. This morning, if you're going through a tough time, I encourage you to repeat this prayer after me. In your heart, would you say, Father, I'm choosing today to start rejoicing that I know you and that you know me and that you have a good plan for me in spite of the problems that hit, hit me. And Father, I'm choosing today to request your help. Right now, I lift my need to you. And right now, I choose today to relax, knowing that you love me 
and that I can trust you. On this day, I choose to rejoice, request, and then relax no matter what hits me. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. And all of God's people said, Amen.